You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Oh Behave is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. It's Oh Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Okay, listeners, I've got a score to settle. Well, actually, I've got several scores to share. Musical scores, that is. That's because our special guest today is a mega-talented, Emmy-nominated composer whose music is going to the dogs and cats and, yes, even chipmunks and beep-beep, coyotes and roadrunners. Please give pause and applause to composer, producer, conductor, and lifelong pet lover, Christopher Leonards. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Hello. Did you like my beep-beep? Oh, I, I, exactly. I loved it. It's, it's, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the Roadrunner from, from back in the day, even as growing up. You know, talk about iconic. There you go. I mean, a lot of people may not know you by name, Christopher Leonards, but they sure recognize your music, especially if any of you, like I have done, have just seen the newly released movie Marmaduke. I mean, talk about living life large. Christopher will talk about how he captures all the actions, emotions, and attitudes of furry film stars and two-leggers right after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hey, boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com The pet 
guests from Paris, New York, and around the globe. Get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the All Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. As mentioned, our special guest is an Emmy-nominated musical composer, Christopher Leonards. If you catch yourself humming or swaying your head while you're watching the new Marmaduke movie, you can credit Christopher for that. He's the guy responsible for the music in that movie. Hey, Christopher, I'm so glad you can be a guest on our show. Well, thanks for having me. Now, in true six degrees of separation, I was checking you out, and we have something in common besides a love of pets. Are you curious, Christopher? Yes, now you got me. What is it? All right, all right. I'm talking zip codes. Um, prior to hosting this show, I once lived in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Oh, now, boy. isn't that just like a hop and skip away from your childhood home of it Easton? Is, it is. And we used to swim them and, and play them in sports. And yes, been to Emmaus many times. The Lehigh Valley, right? Exactly. The Poconos. The, uh, the Pocono is the yeah, place no, where it, you better know how to have good traction on your tires because these roads are winding. Exactly. But you know what? Great place to grow up and a great place to have pets. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I liked it. I worked at uh, Prevention Magazine for a while. So, oh, that's right, um, of course. In Emmaus, Pennsylvania, for you, because you're such a musical guy, it sounds like a billy goat, doesn't it? Emmaus, Pennsylvania. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it, it just does. Or maybe I just have had too much coffee today. I don't know. But I'm no, really no. glad you're on the show. I mean, Marmaduke, obviously, the great dang, comes off the comic book pages and now is in a movie voiced by Owen Wilson. I, I got to go to the movie premiere with my dog, Cleo, a little 12-pound surfing dog that was held at Imperial Beach in Southern California. And uh, it was kind of cool to see a movie premiere on the beach in lawn chairs, eating popcorn and wearing hooded jackets and hearing the waves in the background. But talk a little bit about how did you score, pardon the pun, to do the music for Marmaduke? Oh, well, it, it's, you know, strange to say, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think I've kind of become the go-to guy for, for talking animal films. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, you know, I actually started the, the genre with, uh, I did the, the uh, Dr. Doolittle 3, the third Dr. Doolittle film, where uh, they went uh, out to a dude ranch and, and all the, uh, you know, the cows and, and horses and everybody talked in that one. And apparently I did a pretty good job because that got me the, uh, the movie Alvin and the Chipmunks. And, and once that hit big, I, I think I, uh, I became the guy who knew how to do talking animals. But, uh, but I don't think it was, I think it's pretty funny because it really wasn't, wasn't much of an accident because I'm such a pet lover. And uh, my, my dog comes to the, has, has been since the day I adopted him at 12 weeks, has been coming to, uh, to my studio and he works with me every day and uh and he's about an 80 pound liver spotted dalmatian and and i just i've had dogs since i was i guess as far as i can remember and um and so i, I really a pet lover and i think that probably comes through whenever i well, get an interview for movies yeah i think it also comes through because lets people know 
your name for your dog. You didn't name him Spot. You didn't name him Treble Clef. I mean, you got a pretty cool name for your Dalmatian. Yeah, no, no. My Dalmatian's name is Miles Davis, and uh, you know, and I, I originally, I when I first saw him, he was just he was so cool, and people credit with Miles Davis, the trumpet player, with with inventing a uh, sort of the next form of jazz after bebop, which was very energetic and sort of really uh, really virtuosic. And so the next in the history of jazz, the next sort of answer to that was called cool jazz. And uh, and that was when things got a lot more mellow and super cool and kind of smoky and slowed down a bit. And uh, and so when I first saw Miles, I said, uh, and I said, oh, here's a, this is a super cool dog. And and so I just immediately thought that uh, that Miles would be a good name for him. You know, it, it is kind of cool because if you do generalize, sometimes Dalmatians can be quite a handful. They can be high energy and a little kind of all over the place. So it sounds like uh, Miles is true to his namesake. Uh, well, he had he had his early ah, years. confession time. Oh, early years. Okay, yeah, his, his his first two years were pretty insanely crazy. But uh, yeah, he was he was definitely a dog that liked to be on the go. But uh, he he's since mellowed out quite a bit, and he likes to he likes his naps. No doubt about that. Now, just because I'm a firm believer that real men love cats, uh, who's the other one in your midst? Uh, the other one is our cat Loka, who uh, <laughs> was my wife's before we got married, and has now come together with Miles, and at, they may not be best friends, but they tolerate each other just fine, and, and actually Loka is the one who wears the pants <laughs> in the family. If there were pants yeah. to be worn by a cat, she wears <laughs> Well, them. I don't know. You know, I, I do know this sounds like a kind of a furry Brady Bunch uh, arrangement you got here. It, it definitely does, and our, we have a little two-and-a-half-year-old daughter now who, who loves both of them, and, and just, uh, yeah, it's a happy, fur-filled uh, household. That's nice. I mean, uh, when you said that Loka, I mean, the name Loka, I mean, what... I mean, that already breeds some uh, images in my head. What's this cat all about? All about noise. She's very <laughs> loud. Uh, but actually, both of our pets like to talk and sing and whine. And, and Miles does the nose whistle. And <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can tell by the laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then um, Loka is definitely more of a, she's more demanding. She'll stand at the top of the steps by her uh, dish and, and just meow like crazy. Uh, what does she look like? What's her markings? Or is she a specific she, breed? You know what? I don't know what they would call it. I mean, she's sort of a mix, but it's a uh, it's sort of a brown and black and uh, tan kind of stripey one, which she kind of looks like French toast, if that gives you any sort of does idea. Does she smell like French toast? Uh, not really. That's good. <laughs> but, That's uh, a good thing, you know? That's a good yeah. thing. But she's got uh, yeah, gorgeous eyes, and she's definitely a, a piece of work. She has a big personality, as does Miles, and uh, and they both uh, they both get along pretty awesome. You know, they do a lot of studies lately on uh, the impact that music or tones or tempos have on uh, either calming pets down and things like that. There's a whole CD collection called Through a Dog's Ear where they got an acoustics expert teamed up with a neurologist and some other people. I mean, really big scientific people with huge initials after their names. What's your take about music and the impact in your household as well as, uh, you know, when you're working with some of the pets in the movies. Don't you agree that there's some science behind the music? Oh, I, I think both pets and humans. I, I mean, I think everyone, you know, immediately, I mean, I think it's sort of, un, you know, undeniable that as soon as a person or animal or anyone really gets, you know, surrounded by really calming music or interesting music or moving music, I think it definitely affects their personality. And I know... You know, I definitely know that, you know, there are many, many days where 
especially on a weekend or wherever, where we'll throw on some some classical uh, or something really just sort of calming, and, and, you know, both pets will be fast asleep in five seconds, you know, and they always say music calming the savage beast, but I, I do not think that's that's an exaggeration. Um, you know, and then the other thing I think is really interesting, because everyone, everyone who meets Miles thinks he's hilarious because he's so vocal. He, I mean, we actually call it, because he's large and has brown spots and makes... <laughs> We actually uh-huh. call him a calmation. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so he's about you know he's eighty pounds and he's big and round and he has brown spots and he moves basically and he and he sort of sort of does a lot of vocalizations and I think it's because he's grown up since he was you know twelve weeks old he's always been surrounded by music and so a lot of times I think he'll just make his own music you know it gets it gets a, actually gets to the point where you know you can if he's sleeping he'll be sort of moaning and you can actually push on him like a like an accordion. The more you push, the more he'll sing. It's pretty funny, but uh, you know. But I can just see it now on YouTube. The poor dog, the calmation video. It's going to go viral. I can just see I, it. You know what? You don't tempt me because I may put it up there. But oh, uh, I'll, I'll tempt you, baby. I'll tempt you, and I want to see right. it. I, I'll let the world know. I'll, we're gonna we're, poor calmation Miles Davis. Is, well, I hope he, he has he a good trusts. sense of humor. I was going to say he does, and trust me, he's, he, there's, there's no. Uh, you you don't need to pity him at all. He's spoiled rotten, and he loves it. But uh, but it's it's really funny, especially working in in the movies, because you know the one thing I find is the dogs are being that he's always at my studio. The dogs are really disarming to people, and and especially people who love dogs. It's it's really nice, and uh, and you know I remember on Alvin and the Chipmunks, the president of music at 20th Century Fox you know, who's a really powerful guy out here in Los Angeles, and, you know, and he, he gets to say whether he likes the music or not. You know, he came in and, uh, and was sitting down to watch the music, and, you know, within a minute and a half, here's my 80-pound Dalmatian on his lap, you know, because he's a dog that put him right in a good mood, and, and he, you know, they, got, they just got each other immediately, and, and that's happened many times. You had me exactly. at Slurp. Hey, Miles Davis knows where the kibble is coming from, so I think you've oh, got he, a pretty yeah. good uh, wingman, if you will. Yeah, and let me tell you, his kibble is, uh, is very uh, pricey and fantastic. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a spoiled dog due to some, uh, you know, Dalmatians have a, a tendency to be sort of uh, high maintenance in the uh, medical department anyway, but he's, uh, he's got urate stones. So for about the past four or five years, he gets, uh, he gets very, very nice, organic, fresh-baked uh, food from Good, uh, um, what's Flint River Ranch, if you've ever heard of them. They're really fantastic. And, well, uh, good. And he loves it. You know, it is just like people. What we put in our bodies helps us with fuel and keeps us uh, healthy and probably helps you on vet bills, too. So I give you a pause up for being very conscientious about what you're feeding because I'd love to get rid of the word chow hound in our vocabulary. You know, people sometimes just think, oh, I'll just put a little gravy. I mean, a little gravy dripping from the bacon grease onto my dog's bowl and Oh my gosh! There's the pancreas attack yeah. coming. Oh, you know, yeah, no, so he, dogs don't have the steel stomachs that we think they do, and they're not, you know, furry garbage disposal. So I, I like to think they were. Yeah, but yeah. They shouldn't be. Yeah, but they don't have thumbs, so they can't really use a knife and fork. But I, I'm glad to hear that Miles is getting good mileage out of the quality food that you're feeding him. Well, we're going to delve into a little bit about your past and drop some names of some movies that you've had a part with after we pay for this show by taking this commercial break. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. 
Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash behave for your free audiobook. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Will your dog have a bone to pick with you tomorrow? Is your cat planning a hissy fit? Follow the dog star to Pet Life Radio for Lucky Stars. Our weekly pet horoscopes. Whether your retriever's a believer or your Pekingese disagrees, this is the place to find out what the stars hold for your favorite furry friend. So pull up a crystal ball every week with your host, international pet astrologer, and earth, fire, water, and air, Dale, Lucky. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the O Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm having a great time speaking with Christopher Leonards. He is a musical composer. Let's see, you're a producer, you're a conductor, you're a lover of dogs, cats, and other critters. Am I missing something here, Christopher? Uh, uh, no, I think that's about right. Okay, now Marmaduke is big. We know that. And coming up, and I just saw the trailer for it, and it is very biting in a good way. I'm talking about a movie coming out July 30th called Cats and Dogs, Revenge of Kitty Galore. It's in 3D, right, Christopher? 
It is in 3D. So, oh, my uh, God. All right. Tee us up for this. And they can also go to catsanddogsmovie.com to hear and see what I'm talking about. But I was listening as well as watching, and I got to say, the music was very good. You caught all the elements of cats and dogs and birds working together, right? Absolutely. Well, it's really a fun movie, and it's and it, the thing I love about it is for the, it's for the whole family because it's a movie where the cats and dogs, not only do they talk, but... But uh, they pretty much rule the world, which, of course, we all know is, is true. <laughs> yeah, but, that's um, right. I mean, how many dogs or cats do you see um, at parks picking up after you, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. Uh, Somehow they manage to have us house them, feed them, and pick up after them without having to do any actual work of their own, mostly. So yeah. uh, who's the smart ones, as we always yeah. say. <laughs> but, um, but, but in this particular movie, not only do they rule the world, but they actually have a sort of a CIA slash you know, 007 kind of uh, spy network, both the uh, Dog HQ, which is very Mission Impossible, and uh, and Meows, which actually is led by a cat uh, called Tab Lazenby, who's actually played by Roger Moore. And, oh, uh, Bond, James yeah, Bond. Yeah. Exactly. So they, so basically they have all the gadgets and they have all the great spy sequences. So, so musically we got to not only address the fact that they were, you know, animals and, and doing really crazy, wonderful, fun action sequences, but they, we also had a lot of fun uh, kind of giving it a James Bond flair, which was awesome in terms of, of the lead characters and our lead villain who absolutely just completely steals the movie and is so fantastic is Kitty Galore played uh, wonderfully by Bette Midler. It just doesn't get any better, and she's, she's a hairless feline bent on world domination, and, and let me tell you, she is just hilarious from start to finish. Hey, um, anyway, so you got Bette Midler, Roger Moore. Come on, divvy up. Any other big names that we should know that are the voices in this? Yeah, Those absolutely. are two big well, ones. Let's see. Uh, Nick Nolte is, the, uh, is sort of the older, wiser uh, dog uh, boss who... Um, who leads the thing? We got Neil Patrick Harris plays the head of the the dog uh, faction. We've got let's see, George Lopez is in it. Who else? Who was just in Marmaduke Two? We've got oh, there's there's just an immense amount. Uh, James Marsden, who was in uh, Enchanted, he's the lead, oh, yeah. uh, the lead dog. He's fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's really a really a great cast. And, uh, and I well, we're definitely going to have to figure out how we can get some of them on the show. So use your little uh, connections because I will, I will. I'm if sure you can get me Bette Midler or any of these guys, tell Roger I'm his long lost daughter for God's sakes with my exactly. last name. Oh, I know. Come I, on, I remember come on. it so fondly from when I was growing up. Well, I loved it. Yeah, remember him with the um, before James Bond. He was what was the TV show? He was also yeah. in. Uh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Having a yeah, mental uh, speed bump here, folks. But he's classy. He's very good. He's very good. So I'm delighted to hear Bette Midler is uh, bringing out her claws in a very catty way to play yeah, Kitty no, Galore. What a great part, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, she's, we, she's awesome. She steals the film. And, and, you know, and the great thing about it is it's got the spy and the action elements for the adults, and it's got the, uh, the nostalgia from the James Bond movies, but it's also got all the great. Oh, that's the other uh, the other great cast member who's back from the original is uh, Miss. I don't know if you ever saw the original Cats and Dogs in two thousand one, uh, where the evil villain was Mister Tinkles, uh, right. who comes who comes back to head to uh, to help them, and that's Sean Hayes from uh, Will and Grace. Oh, uh, Mister Emmy host recently, or Tony exactly. host, right? Exactly. So he's, nice. he's exactly Tony host. 
All right. Well, so, we've uh, got enough homework for you to help me get some of these folks on. We could do a whole special for the cats and dogs, the Revenge of Kitty Galore. We just have to get it going because I guess July 30th is the deal. And, and we'll do a shout out to Christopher Leonard's too for uh, the music. I got to tell you, it's great. I mean, all right, you get the plot. It's the sound of silence until you work your magic. So what are some of the things that you're thinking about when you're doing a, you know, getting ready to do a musical score, say, for a Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore? What was going through your mind? Well, the thing, that, the thing for me is, you know, who are the characters and what is their backstory? What is their emotion? You know, <laughs> and, and that's the one thing that I think, you know, maybe I, because I really treat my pets <laughs> like humans, and I've always thought of them as members of the family. I think that's one of the reasons that maybe that I do, I guess people think I do a good job with, with animal films, is because I, I tend to, you know, in some ways I really tend to try to ignore that, that they have four legs instead of two and just, you know, just say, okay, well, what's, you know, this Kitty Galore character, you know, I, it might as well be Bette Midler on screen because that's the, the line she's delivering and that's the part she's playing. So, um, so I really try to approach it, you know, in a pretty standard way in terms of, you know, what's the general storyline and who is this character. And, um, and so a lot of times, like, one of the things that, that I would do is I'll, I'll try to figure out, you know, the lead dog characters are, uh, is, the lead dog character is German Shepherd named Diggs, and uh, that's the James Marston character. And for him, you know, he's a police dog. He's, he's not a cool spy dog. He's more of a on-the-street cop tough guy. So for mm-hmm. him, I did a lot more of a sort of, you know, uh, Mission Impossible or even a 24 kind of thing. There was some, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's got uh, groove beats and he's got, uh, you know, some guitars and things that really bring him out. With Kitty Galore, she's definitely a Bond-style villain and very sassy, you know, which, of course, with okay. Ben Midler is not hard to do. And so for her, I have a lot of, like, sort of sassy woodwinds and uh, and sort of a, uh, you know, it's evil, but it's evil in sort of a... Uh, cool sort of Pink Panther style away that okay. almost has a little bit of old Henry Mancini vibe to it um, that makes her seem super cool and super conniving, which, uh, you know, and that's part of my job is to really give those characters a musical voice that makes it, uh, you know, makes it fun to watch and makes you understand quickly, especially if, you're, if it's a family movie and, and it's younger children, you know, when they come, you want to make sure they know, okay, here's the bad guy, here's the good guy, you know, here's you know, here's where you need to feel some, some tension, and here's when you can feel like uh, there's been some victory. And I try to help tell the story in that way. I like this. You were talking a little bit about the use of uh, kind of woodwinds for the Kitty Galore, and you were looking about the guitar. Give me a little bit more uh, musical specifics, if you will. You know, because we get tense, we get excited, we get relieved, and it's a lot of it is credit to the music. Yeah, I mean, that's it's sort of subconscious. You know, a lot of times when I... Remember, I've sit and now that I do what I do, I you know I've seen films with my you know where I sat next to my mom and I, you know, and the movie's over and I, and I said, do you love the movie? She said, yeah, I loved it. I said, what do you think of the music? She she kind of goes, there was music, you know, <laughs> and yeah, but you know what? That's actually good because you know your first job as a composer is to help tell the story and help make people feel without having them feel manipulated and i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that our job is to is to kind of sneak it in a little bit so you like you said so you make them feel the tension or the or the relief without really noticing why and that's that's one of the things we we try to do and you know there's always you know there's definitely in a lot of these things there's a great scene in cats and dogs where two 
like bounty hunter cats actually try to steal steal this pigeon and uh it's you know this carrier pigeon who's like the who delivers the information and so it's a very much of a of a caper kind of thing and so what we did in that one is create sort of a a brassy big band kind of arrangement that almost harkens back to like a um live and let die by paul mccartney mm-hmm. you know that kind of a thing and 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 has the big brassy stuff that was all the arrangements that were done by George Martin, who was the you know the producer of the Beatles, and and he did that sort of he invented that kind of sound, and so we wanted to also give these characters of sort of a British invasion kind of vibe as they go up there, and it really worked. And, and one of the things that we try to do is use instrumentation and use styles of music to insinuate or infer certain. Um, you know certain feelings so when you're in the audience you don't quite know why but like if we want the character to be a little cooler you know we might use a saxophone or we might use a, a bongo drum or a conga drum where where if we want the character to be more um military or perhaps like the big boss of the dogs you know when you first get up to the uh, to the police station you know there's a military snare drum and there's low brass and something and more of a military vibe and so one of the things we always try to do is use use things that we know people already have in their brain and already have in their ears. So when they hear a sound, it helps the director sort of put people in the right place and the right frame of mind for that scene. Wow. See, I find that fascinating. I mean, you're kind of like peeling back a little bit. And you do write, you kind of do walk a little bit of a musical tightrope because you want to do such a great job, but you don't want to shout out to you. Yeah, exactly. You have to be cognizant, I think, that your job, you're not supposed to be the, you know, the star of the movie, the, the person on screen is the star of the movie. And, you know, a person, as I say person, of course, I'm thinking cat, but, um, <laughs> you know, but that, those characters are the stars of the movie, and your job is to kind of, I mean, it's almost like whether you, you know, it's almost like creating their costume or another, a musical costume for them. Because it's, okay. it's something that surrounds them and, and helps to give the setting, the locale, the feeling but you know, but you still have to leave room for the story that they're trying to tell and the actions and, and dialogue that they're going to say. Now, growing up, uh, did you play a lot of different instruments? Not a lot. I, I started with trumpet, and then when mm-hmm. I was about uh, 12, I turned to guitar because I realized that you absolutely will get more dates playing guitar. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to kiss your girl when you got a trumpet playing. Well, definitely true, but yeah. uh, just in terms of coolness factor in the 80s, that was, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> everyone was trying to be Eddie Van Halen. So um, so I learned how to play guitar, and I played in bands all through through high school, and, and then started to get into jazz and classical and, and get even further into it that way. And once I got to, uh, to college, I really decided that, that uh, writing music for movies and TV was kind of the way I wanted to go. Well, I mean, I am a former glockenspielist for the Taft Junior High School Band in Crown Point, Indiana. I'm sure there's a big demand in Hollywood for my talents, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> there's a lot of good glockenspiel in Cats and Dogs, I will tell you that. Okay. I mean, I can play a pretty mean Avon lady, ding dong, but that's about it. That's all I can do. <laughs> but my sister played the baritone because my dad made a bet with us when we were growing up because he didn't want us to be like the clarinet and flute or, you know, like everybody wanted us to, you know, be able sure. to try something unique. We thought our dad was just joking that there was such an instrument as a glockenspiel. I sort of knew that baritone probably was around. So Deb got the baritone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, sure, I'll play the glockenspiel. Buzz. There you are. <laughs> I think that's why I turned to writing quickly. Because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's pretty darn heavy to carry a lug around a glockenspiel. And yeah, I was going to say, it's not, it's, not, it's, not something, it's not like a piccolo where you can just throw it in your backpack. 
No, but it was kind of nice because the ratio of women to men in the um, in the percussion sections was always in my favor, so that was good. But I was um, going to say, yeah, there there aren't as many women percussionists, but uh, but that's no. Awesome. No. So we've talked a little bit about Marmaduke and Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Glore, which is coming out on July 30th. But I want people to know a little bit some more other things on your arsenal. And it isn't, I mean, Alvin and the Chipmunks, certainly 101 Dalmatians. But let's talk a little bit about Wedding Crashers. You did that one, too, in the comebacks, right? Uh, I did comebacks. I didn't do Wedding Crashers, but they were the okay. same producers. Okay, uh, same so producers. Com- yeah, the comebacks was a sports movie, and there were actually no talking animals in the film. Okay. Uh, but it was a fun movie, and that was a great comedy. And and uh, you know, and I've done about it. And actually, I do a TV show on Thursday nights called Supernatural, which is on the CW. That's uh, just uh, really quite the opposite of uh, of what I do in in a lot of these movies, where it's very dark and horror driven, and there's demons and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Now you won. Uh, you were nominated for an Emmy, weren't you? For that I Supernatural. Was, was. Congratulations! We give pause Thank and applause you. for that. And you I also. God, I'm looking here. You won the Interactive Academy Award in 2004 for Medal of Honor, Rising Sun. I did, I did, and that was uh, that was a game produced by Steven Spielberg, and it, nice. uh, it, was, it they came up with it after they uh, after they had done Saving Private Ryan, and uh, and so it's a it's a World War II uh, game where you get to play an officer in the uh, in, in the army, and and it's very much a sort of a noble world war ii game and that particular one was was set in the pacific theater so we had a lot of great uh, instrumentation that came from burma and and japan and and okinawa and all that kind of stuff so it was really it was really a great experience and you know and very very much serious on a serious note compared to some of the comedy stuff i've done as well now you've done the films and tv video games talk about that how what's the challenge in creating the right sound if you will for video games well, I mean, the big challenge is that 80% of it is action because all video games are sort of based around whether you're whether you're running or chasing or driving or shooting or whatever. It's 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 very action based because of the of what it is. So um, so yeah, I just at that point there's a lot of action music, which is actually very difficult to write. It's it's a lot of notes and it's very complex a lot of times. And so um, so uh, it becomes a good workout, but it's also a great place to show off, quite honestly. <laughs> You know, to write music that's just really exciting and and really helps the player feel like they're in the heat of the battle. Um, so I've done a, I've done a lot of that, and I, I continue to do uh, video game work as well. It's really really fun. Is there anything that you can share with us as we wind this up about how maybe your Dalmatian Miles Davis and your Cat Loca? What kind of lessons have they taught you? Do you think? As simple as it is, I think the first the first lesson is that. Because he's at work with me, I, I am I get very myopic when I write, and I, a lot of times I can kind of lock myself in my room for in my uh, office for you know hours and hours on end. And, and there's you know at a certain point he'll get off. Miles will get off the couch and tell me it's time to take a break and take a walk. And I think that's so healthy, and, and I probably should do it even more. But it's he's sort of the alarm clock of reality, and he'll come over and, and start scratching my leg and say, okay, you know save where you are and uh, and let's go outside for 10 15 minutes and uh, and I think that's been really really a good thing and okay. um you know and in general both animals I think they're it's so easy to laugh at them that that the sense of humor part of it no matter how crazy the deadline or no matter how you know how much the pressure is to to get the music right before it's due and all this kind of stuff it's really it's it's all sort of tempered by you know, by the crazy things that the pets do. So there's, you know, and Miles himself, I mean, you know, he does so many ridiculous things. He's uh, he's gotten himself locked upside down and backwards in a in a closet before he uh, 
you know, in the middle of a recording session, he'd shoot through a microphone cable, you know, <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden we couldn't record, you know, and, and at the time, obviously, you're, <laughs> you're sort of picked up, but, it, you know, but it's like, it's, it's a really great way to sort of ease of the pressure, and there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of tension in Hollywood, especially when you're doing a movie that, you know, like some of these ones that have all the CGI, like Cats and Dogs, I mean, those are $80 million movies, and there's a lot yeah. of producers and a lot of, you know, a lot of people who have a lot riding on everything, and, and there's an immense amount of reality check that comes when, you know what, the dog needs to go out for a walk. That's right, that's right. And he'll let me know, and he, you know, he'll let me know what he wants to do, and, you know, and I think, I think that's great, and I, I think there's a lot of perspective you can learn from him, and I think there's a lot of you know, a lot of uh, what's important because they, they do what's absolutely necessary. They get their sleep, they eat, they, you know, and there's unconditional love. So even if even if all the producers didn't like a piece of music, you know, at the end of the day, you can count on him to come over and tell you it was okay and give you a lick. That's awesome. You know, I am I really have enjoyed speaking with you. We're talking to Christopher Leonards. He is the man who makes the music in many, many movies and films. We're talking Marmaduke, the movie coming out, Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore, Alvin and the Chipmunks. There's much, much more. Any place we can go to learn more about you, Christopher? You can definitely go to my website, which is just ChristopherLeonards.com. So it's, okay. uh, uh, that's easily found, or, or on Facebook, I have a fan site as well. Okay. Uh, you can do that, and then I believe you'll easily be able to do a Google search for uh, Cats and Dogs Revenge of Kitty Galore and, and see the trailer and get excited and get ready to bring all your kids and your family to go see that. And then keep your eyes out. There's a, there's a, lot, more, uh, a lot more movies coming up, including one, uh, one with Russell Brand as the Easter Bunny for next year, so, so keep your eyes out. Oh, my God. I'm going to hop right on it, man. Yeah. Well, you heard it first. We got the hop advance. I mean, really, seriously, chipmunks, like you said, roadrunners. Now you got bunnies. Good yep, for man. you. <laughs> Happy to do it. Happy to do All it. All right. Well, thank you again. Everybody, let's give pause and applause to Christopher Leonard's. He makes movies much more enjoyable. He captures the spirit of not only uh, four-leggers, but also two-leggers. And I've learned a lot today. So thank you very much for being a guest on our show, Christopher. Sure. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. All right, so everybody, I want you to check out the other shows we have on the Pet Life Radio Network. It's very easy. Just go to PetLifeRadio.com. We are the number one pet podcast radio network on the planet. Wow, that's a lot of peas, as my producer Mark Winter would say. And he is a cool guy, and I thank him, too, for making this show happen each and every week. So until next time, this is Arden Moore, your flea-free host, Delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>